been a star of their season tonight. He showed the world what he could do. My God, a question. An extra gear for the freshman. Touchdown. And the freshman is off. Foot race. <laughs> They're looking at shoe bottoms and nothing else. Into the end zone. Touchdown. The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Future Freshman Podcast. Welcome to episode 14. And today I have a very special guest, and this is a mailbag episode along with an interview that we'll spotlight a little later. My guest today is a CFF aficionado, one of the guys that I looked up to when I was getting started here in the CFF landscape. He's also a really good guy when it comes to comic books and stuff like that, so we get along really well. This is Mr. Andrew Katz. Welcome to the show, buddy. Dude, thank you so much for for having me. It this is I think this is the first time I've actually guested on a pod in really any capacity. Like Zach and Chris and I have done our thing on burning the red shirt, mm-hmm. uh, and before that we uh, got together initially doing some stuff for Lou Dogs, now defunct or at minimum kind of rolled into different uh, fantasy uh, fantasy sites. But yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I've ever really been on someone else's pod. So new experience for me. I think you were on Chasing the Natty, right? With with Jerry. You're right. You're right. Yeah, no, I think that was the one as well. And I was like, that, that far back. It's, yeah, it's been a little while. I think that was like God mid season or something like that. So it was pretty crazy as well. Um, but Andrew, if you want to tell the the audience about Burning the Red Shirt and the podcast, where you can find you guys and things like that, real quick uh, before and we'll get started, man. Yeah. So I am unfortunately always on Twitter, uh, doom scrolling and stuff of that ilk. Uh, you can find me at Andrew P Katz R and I am one of the three members of burning the red shirt podcast talking CFB. Uh, We are still figuring out our footprint, I guess, when it comes to CFF, I think that in short order, we'll we'll be, uh, we'll be crafting a sort of vision to satisfy our audience's curiosity that I I assume they have. Like, why are the, why are these guys here? Why are they actually doing this? We've never actually come out and said as much. Um, So I'd like to, to do something along those lines, but I, uh, as a, it, I am super interested to, to kind of see where things go uh, this upcoming season. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know about you. I always feel like I, once college football season actually kicks off all the little time that I have to begin with evaporates, but we at burning the red shirt are definitely planning on continuing to try and put out a weekly production. Uh, we've got a discord. We're running a, uh, a dynasty startup uh right now trying to do cool uh engaging things and uh just kind of see where it takes us yep one thing i want to you know tell the audience and stuff like that is that burn the redshirt podcast i like it's because it's just like three of your good friends and then they're just chopping up really talking you know cff cfb i do love the win loss percentages i think that's super helpful especially with you guys like debating i like the different aspects and the opinions that's like one of the one things i like and i like the discord which you guys should check out uh they leave the links on twitter so go check it out i think it's at btr pod i think it's the actual handle for those guys so go check it out there might be some rumors of maybe a redraft so that's more my steam because i, I have enough dynasty league so i'm trying to get into a really good redraft league so i might be joining these cats here in the uh the btr redraft so be checking that out pretty soon if you guys hop on as well all right, Andrew, you ready to hop into some housekeeping before we get started with the mailbag, bud? He's like, yes. <laughs> All right, man. So, of course, you can check out campusdecanton.com. Of course, you can get anything as far as articles, tools, guides. There's different memberships. Of course, my favorite is the NIL. Of course, we have our own Discord, your own channel in the Discord that you can contact us. Uh, the guides itself are worth it, $20 per one. We already got the freshman and supplemental guide. We always uh, we already have the Debbie guide out and CFFO excuse me, the CFF guide is coming out really, really soon. So please check that out. I think you'll highly enjoy it. Like I said, 20 bucks for each of the guide, but for I believe 90 a whole year, you're saving yourself money and you have access to all these other tools and articles that you can get a hold of. So go check that out at capuscan.com. Of course, you can check out our good friend. And of course, this is Mr. Nicholas Ian Allen at CFB Winning Edge. Uh, check out his Patreon. He helps supply all the depth charts that you hear on the show. Anything as far as the... Uh, overall returning percentage of offense, defense, uh, overall, things like that. He's kind of very helpful with that. Uh, he does have membership starting as early as, or excuse me, as little as $5 um, per month. So definitely check him out. I believe he's doing a uh, thing right now where if you do it in the month of June and you sign up for the yearly one, you actually get the next tier up. And that's really, really helpful. He is uh, working hard on stats projections and stuff for the college betting scene. Uh, 
So definitely go check that out. I think that might be worth the price of admission just so you can win you some cash this uh this season as we get closer and closer to CFP. So go check him out. And of course, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. So if you use the promo code CFFU, you can do a matching deposit up to $100. Like I said, nothing much going on left than uh, maybe some, I think tonight they're doing some NBA draft as far as like props and stuff you get a hold of. But uh, other than that, uh, there's baseball and a lot more baseball you can get a hold of. So you can definitely go check that out. Uh, like I said, use the promo code CFFU when you first sign up and that will uh, you know help us out tremendously over at Camps to Camp. So please do that. All right, Mr. Andrew. So today we're going to do a mailbag episode, and then we're going to follow it up with an interview with Mr. Zach Evans, the freshman running back out of Minnesota there. So it's going to be a fun episode. Uh, we did have a, quite a few good questions, some more CFF Dynasty, and that's wanted to bring you on because you've been in this space a while longer than probably I even have. And I think, uh, you know, you, you have a good perception on that. So are you ready to tackle this, good sir? Dude, let's go. Let's make it happen. So we're going to share this screen. I'm going to get into it. All right. And we'll do this one. There we go. All right. So, of course, I put out the tweet and said, hey, me and Andrew are doing a mailbag episode. Give us some questions and see what you got. And we're going to first start with Mr. Jared Pongren. I know that name. A very good name, right? Uh, and he's got two questions for us. So we're going to start with this as well. Uh, of course, this week we heard of Ruben Owens, who is the top running back commit. Uh, he is committed to Louisville and a shocker this week. Assuming that he stays committed, how uh, high do you think he'll go in CFF Dynasty Supplementals next year? Uh, so do you want to talk about why he went to Louisville first, or do you just want to go <laughs> on value of Louisville running backs and uh, where do you think he'll go in the draft next year? Andrew, how do you want to start it? I, I think we can – can't we just leave it as a, a magician never reveals his tricks? I like um, that. To, to we don't, we don't have to talk about NIL. What is NIL? <laughs> um, so uh, – I. So we're looking at probably a a run stop, probably is what I'm thinking. There's there's some talent at running back at Louisville already. So he, he's very, very, very talented. And, you know, we'll get into it as I you know research more and dig into him. And he'll be available in season two of the uh, Future Freshman podcast. But uh, do you think he has a chance to, uh, you know, secede a guy, you know, that's already there, like a Cooley and things like that? What's your thoughts there as far as Louisville and its backfield? So there's, I think there's two ways to think about this question. One is a lot less fun than the other one, but so we'll start with, I guess, the more fun way and with actually giving consideration to your question. And when you think about Louisville in 2023, right, there's a reality that exists where Cooley is still there. Mm -hmm. um, Evans is still there. Mitchell's still there. And now Owens comes on campus. Now I think there's, less than what 5% chance of all four of those guys actually being on campus at the same time. Yeah. I'm assuming someone else goes out before Ruben would actually yeah. not decommit, you know, in a lot of the best balls that we've been doing, there's an assumption in the air that Cooley is going to ascend in that backfield this upcoming season. I can't say that based on the information that I've scoured for the, what I've read that I am all the way in on him, just walking into that RB one, uh, position this year and running with it he looks really great every time he's on the field I think that if he was if he did uh net RB1 type usage there I'm sure he would succeed uh but like I, I read an SI report which like SI's college football coverage always kind of sketches me out like a bit. It, it feels like it's more it's less journalistic and more blogging yeah, uh but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know how much I can put into a projected depth chart of seeing Tion Evans at number one, Mitchell at two, and Cooley at three. But and you you don't have to look that hard to find the find counter opinions to that that are that do have Cooley at number one. To me, though, it feels like it's murky to enter the season, and there's a, a high likelihood that it's murky throughout the season. So assuming things do play out that way, I think that that sets up pretty nice for Owens coming into 2023, right? Uh, that if we don't see someone kind of step up and just uh, blow everyone else out of the water, that things, uh, he walks on campus and he, uh, of course, is going to be given every opportunity to succeed there, right? As uh, I forget the exact stats in terms of where he kind of stands recruiting wise outside of 
I, he's got all five stars, right? And he's uh, right. the number the number two uh, running back recruit recruit presently. Two or one, they always switch, kind of depending yeah. on which composite you have. I try to look at more. This is you know for everyone else, but on three is doing a really good job about taking all the different uh, composites, but they don't they don't uh, weigh it with an extra percentage on theirs. They do it all equally at twenty five percent. So if you got four websites, right, they do everything at twenty five percent. So it makes a more consensus star stuff like that. So that's where. Ruben jumps up to like number one as far as overall consensus between the four uh, recruiting websites. But, uh, you know, uh, he's right on up there. He's got the talent, but also with the uh, the magician with the rabbit in the thing, you know, the the bag of money there, that also leads me to believe that he'd have every chance to try to yeah. start as long as he can outperform. Um, I'm, I'm worried more about like Mitchell kind of getting in the way. He's kind of the guy that I'm, I'm in spring games. So you can't really read into the spring game per se, but I think like, Mitchell's trying to make the comeback or at least try to there. I don't know if he's trying to perform and transfer, which at this point, I think it's hard to now at this point, you have to do the whole right in the, the NCAA and things like that. So it's a little bit harder, but you know, uh, I think M- Mitchell and Cooley could get in the way. I don't really see Evans really sticking around. I mean, I, I guess he went there just for the hopes of it, but I just, it just seems really muddy, really murky yeah. out there in Louisville as well. Uh, what so you, what do you think the chances are that he actually makes it to Louisville though? Like, um, he flips Ruben. Um, yeah. maybe it could be whoever's got you know, you know flag, yeah, yeah, who's got the who's got the <laughs> blank check, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it really just kind of comes down to that. Uh, like, but it, presuming he his his he continues to be a top what top one, top two RB recruit, like he's mm-hmm. gonna continue to get reached out by by the programs that every recruit dreams of being recruited by, right? Exactly. I don't know. There's no shame. I'm like, what is it? Novasad, who's already committed to Baylor and Ohio State's doing Ohio State things. And it's yeah. like, hey, you should come play for us. Here's some money. And Novasad's like, but I want to start, though. You know, like, <laughs> you know, it's the same thing over and over. It's not over until it's the letter of intent day where they're actually signing their name on the paper. So there's still a lot, you know, still a lot to go. But uh, if he does stay with the Cardinals, where are you comfortable taking him in, in like a dynasty supplemental slash freshman draft? Like, what's comfortable for you? Because he's higher ranked do you think he deserves a top five rounds do you think he's top three what, what are your thoughts there so when you when we say su- supplemental we are kind of like in our blue bloods uh dynasty where okay. we have supplemental and freshman where, where would you I mean, he has to, he has to be a first round pick right it's just a question of where he goes in round one right yeah i, I think in terms of like optimal uh situations there's like the, the travion situation last year exactly. where you've got an amazing offense and an amazing program and just not really much going on at that, that, at that position. Um, and he's just like, he is not just a five star. He's the, the five star. So like, that's the dream right. scenario, but then you also have scenario, the scenarios, right. Where we're talking about like top, top, top recruit going to a top program, but there's a lot of talent in front of him. And yeah. I think you can make an argument that, Owen's situation going to Louisville is on par or perhaps even better than that going to an awesome system for a running back. Like who Satterfield just produces these thousand plus yard backs. And that situation potentially is looking pretty murky uh, at the running back position. So I think it's pretty close to an optimal uh, situation, assuming he nets out at Louisville. Also, you, you, I think they're losing Cunningham after this year, too. So then, you know, there's question at quarterback that also probably leans on the running back position and more yeah. since they're more run heavy. So I think he's worth the first, if not anything, maybe right now a late first. If he decommits and goes somewhere even better, I'm at top three picks. We're looking at a Nick Singleton type situation. But um, for now, I'd say probably between, you know, 105 to 112, 114, kind of where you're whoever, how many teams that you got on there as well. So great question. And, of course, he had another one for us, and I think this one's pretty interesting. He says, you both have the power to change one recruit's destination school from the 2022 class. Which recruit do you change, and what school do you send them to? Do you want to start this one off, or do you want me to start off with one? No, you go for it, dude. Uh, I would like Le'Veon Moss to not go to Texas A&M. Like, uh, he's great. He's got a back there, but it's a change to own. Uh, I get it. LJ Johnson's in one year, so it still might be a decent situation. But uh, it was nice because I was able to grab him a little bit later rounds. I think it was he was like round nine or round ten for me when I was able to scoop him up. So that helped as far as bringing the value down a little bit. But had he gone to a more like 
ACC needed team, possibly, you know, uh, an AAC, uh, one of these big 12 teams or something like that. I think he probably would have probably been the star guy. He would have the chance to start from the spring if he got in early and stuff like that. Uh, I do know A&M is Jimbo's trying to change with the whole, once again, a rabbit out of the hat, the then ideal. He's trying to get his freshmen on there faster because they're paying them the optimal amount, the, uh, you know, Everyone at AM and all the alums want to see it. So you see Evan Stewart out there. Chris Marshall will be in in the summer. So I think you'll see Moss at times, but I just don't think he's going to be very high uh, year one production. He's more looking as like a sophomore to really come into a spiller type role. Uh, what's your thoughts there? And what, what would be your pick to, to move over? So what I, I was thinking about taking Moss around when he went in mm-hmm. our in our supplemental that we're doing right now. And right. It, I, don't, I don't know that much about him about him as a recruit, but this Texas A&M situation feels, it feels pretty solid, right? I mean, it, right. I, I'm going to, I assume I'm murdering his name when I pronounce it is a chain. Maybe, maybe that's actually correct. Who's that's what say? I call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he hasn't shown any real ability to take on a meaningful, a, a meaningful or uh, near full uh, workload. And then there's all these questions surrounding LJ Johnson, right? Right. And he's shown absolutely nothing. So that, I mean, that situation when I was trying to just think about ways that Moss can succeed, it, f- it felt pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty good. Uh, he's, he's kind of like this year's version of what Ruben Owens is next year. Like he okay. was, he's very high up the RB rank. Yeah. I believe he was five star, if not dropped to four, he's still very highly rated. Um, of course, this year was more wide receiver, uh, really, really good recruits. Whereas next year's like the QB class is probably the most touted one and stuff like that. But yeah. um, out of the running backs this year, he's very, very high up there. It's just, People are like, oh, I don't want to wait. So now his, totally. his value, yeah. I was so, also uh, going to to pick an Aggie. I was gonna I was gonna send Evan Stewart to Tennessee. Ooh. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Uh, no offense to your boy Chris K and the Brew McCoy love, but uh, you know, I feel like uh, Evan Stewart would probably be a day one guy. He'd definitely get Tillman to run for his money for sure. I mean, Tillman wouldn't necessarily be the distinguished wide receiver one and stuff like that. And I know they got high, uh, was it Hyatt? Yeah, it's Hyatt that's there. Um, so, you know, they, they got a decent room on him, but Evan Stewart would immediately jump up to possibly like wide receiver 1B, 1A yeah. situation with Tillman. Hyatt's system easily supports two receivers. Like that, they, all he, all Hyatt, or not Hyatt, all Hypo wants to do is mm-hmm. run the run the ball and then throw go routes. And when right. you've got just one guy running the running go routes, the system's a lot less effective. Like when right. it was great when he had Gabe Davis and Trey Nixon just running oh, gosh, wins, yeah. wins and catching D- Dylan Gabriel long balls. But and they tried it with Hyatt last year, but hot dude, Hyatt. Like I, I burned so much money on that dude last year. Like there, yeah. he needs to make some serious adjustments upstairs on and on the field. I think because like you just watch this dude run. It's like yes, like he he can he can and should be that player for Josh Heupel. But like mm-hmm. he's gonna he's not gonna see the field if he plays at all like he did last year. Yeah, I think he just has to put it together. Hopefully, being in this Tennessee offense kind of helps him put the pieces together. He has the talent at times. Yeah. he reminds me a lot of a. Uh, I forget one of the ones that the guys from C2C wrote up a couple of days ago. Um, but he pretty much has the tangibles. Oh, it was Jaden Gibson who went to Oklahoma. Like, he's got oh, all really? the parts, I, right? I but, just took uh, him. I know, uh, I saw. But, uh, uh, yeah, you got him. I mean, like, I was definitely looking. At six five. it's hard not to take the guy. He's just a huge target. Him and Bunkley Shelton, you know, in the next year or so, that's that's pretty decent, right? Uh, but, you know, and then you'll have Farouk probably coming out the slot, stuff like that. So, I mean, it fits the perfect system there, but yeah. he just has to put his pieces together. But going to Oklahoma will do that for him, just like Hyatt going to Tennessee, I think, probably does that for him. So My, my Hyatt comp for just, dude, just put it together upstairs is uh, Warren Thompson. Like, that yeah. dude is so physically talented, and he can't get mm-hmm. out of his own way. But I don't think it's yeah. ever going to happen. Like, I don't think he's ever going to put it all together. But, like, yeah. There's just there's so many flashes, and then there's like one to two plays a game where it's like, dude, you lost the game for your team. Yeah, you just blew it entirely. Some some will just get it together. Some take a few years. Some get it within three plays. I mean, it really just kind of depends on the mindset and the coaching staff and stuff like that. But definitely like um, I definitely like Stewart to Tennessee. That he would definitely probably win uh, 
maybe even higher than Burton this year at this point. If Burton wasn't all over the field being up used as like an army knife, then you definitely uh you definitely probably would see Evan Stewart because he's still ranked right up there. Like I think he went first round a few picks later in our in our draft. So I mean he's still coveted at AM, but Tennessee would have probably pushed him to the top wide receiver for sure. All right. Thank you, Mr. Jared, for both of those. Those are very good questions. Now we get our buddy, Mr. Corey Cavender. And of course, he's like, well, and this one's good because this one's thought provoking. And this one all depends on who you are as like, uh, as you know, whether it's you're just someone that's playing or an analyst or whatever you want to call yourself, basically, or whatever. But what what's a more hypothetical value, valuable asset in Dynasty? So there's player A, who's the four-year guy. He's a contributor. He ranks usually in the top 20 to 30 range at his position each year. Or you're going to take a freshman who's very touted, knowing that he's probably not going to play in year one. He's got to sit and wait. But the next two years, he completely blows up, but he's going to go pro because he put himself in a situation to get on tape and get on the field. Uh, it varies. Um, I know uh, uh, your your friend and our friend, Mr. Chris K. he's more like a three-year production guy. He would like to see people that are going to be there longer. So he might take more like he would like Colin Schley more from the Mac versus say taking a guy like Ty Simpson at Alabama that might only play two or three years. And then he goes pro or something like that, for example. So that's kind of how he sees it. I'm in the mindset of taking a mix of both. Uh, I know that's a, that's not really a cop out. It's just kind of how I do it. I like, uh, I like to turn and burn. Sometimes there's a good ones where like I want, uh, and you know, that's what supplemental drafts are for. We take a guy that's got a year or two left and we know that he's probably the starting wide receiver or at least got the opportunity to, to play a lot. And then he's, you know, he's gone, you know, and then we have to uh, fix that position or, you know, add the depth there in our pieces and stuff like that. But I prefer a little bit of both. Um, but if I had to choose, I would take probably the player a scenario, the, the traditional way of at least trying to get three years. It's hard to even get four, but that's my thoughts. What are, what are your thoughts between the two and just how dynasty's changed now with the, with going pro and the NIL and stuff like that, man. So I, I saw Corey ask this question and thought, I agree, it's thought provoking. And I initially I tried to think of it through the, the realm of hypothetical and theoretical, but I, mm -hmm. I thought that at when I applied practical context, um, even if it's not, it's like not a perfect, it's not perfect practical context, it still made the answer a lot easier for me. Where I picked, I was like, okay, what player um actually represents player a played out in reality or pretty close approximately to it and then what player represents player b and player a i at the court so I, I initially i was like okay let's do this with running back but that's not as easy as quarterback so let's just do it with quarterback uh but at quarterback i was like all right what player kind of represents uh player a and he th totally torpedoed it the <laughs> The, the path of this by transferring yeah. this year, but he's on track, I think, for this. I should have asked Jared to pull ranks for, like, going back three years. But I feel yeah. like Jaden Daniels kind of represents player A. Yeah. Uh, like, he is actually representative, I think, of what the what at the end of the season is, like, a top 20 to 30 quarterback, um, which I think is a lot different when you're drafting a player at the top 20 or 30 uh, mm -hmm. in your on draft day. Like, when you're drafting a, a quarterback 20 or quarterback 20, or 30 on draft day you're drafting that player because you think he's actually going to be better than that most likely you're right. not drafting a boring guy who who's going to be like qb 30 at the end of the day but i think jane daniels is pretty representative of end of the season top 30 level quarterback right and then but player b sit and do nothing and then two top 10 seasons like it's cheating a little bit because he's better than that uh right but cj stroud is close to that um and when you comp those two like it's not even close yeah. So I feel like the answering the question that way is bending the truth a little bit. It's making a lot of hypotheses and hypotheses and assumptions about what lens Corey's viewing it. If it's from the perspective of end of season ranks or draft day mm -hmm. or something or uh, or what exactly. But I think when you just think about it through that angle, um, it's easily obviously player B. And I think yeah. if you like if if the idea is that you can't you know how these players' careers are going to unfold. It's it's got to be player B, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I'm probably looking at it as like because we're in you know draft mode right now, we're at the beginning yeah. of the season. So you know maybe Corey's looking at it like, hey, drafts are going on. Who who would you rather have? So uh, maybe I'm looking at the same aspect too. That's why I lean player A, but I definitely see the you know taking the player B. And at this point, it sounds like all Ohio State quarterbacks are going to be 
two years turn and burn and giving you massive, but look, they're the tops of the drafts, whether it's redraft or supplemental, whatever you got going on, or, you know, freshman drafts, like it's hard not to, to apply that logic. It's probably super variable position by position, but like top 30 at your position is if it at quarterback, at least it's not that valuable. Um, Just like you look at the guys who actually rank as like the top the 20th or 30th best quarterback every year. It's like, a, it's guys who were really consistent. Like Chase Bryce makes an appearance each of the last couple of years. And it's cause yep. he played, he got, he stayed on the field and he put up stats. Like right. the actual like top, top 30th uh, ranked player at the end of the year. Uh, like it's not that interesting. I want, I want that top 10 guy. I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, very thought provoking question. So thank you, Mr. Corey. That was really, really good. And now we're moving into my boy. Mr. Fonsworth, aka the Sooner Nation, him and uh, him and Owens do the Ankle Biters podcast there as the season pre- starts. Of course, he's a big Oklahoma guy, so him and Nate get along really, really well. So, but I love this question because why not? You know, focus on some of that uh, West Coast late night gaming, right? So, how excited should we be about the Hawaii offense with Timmy Chang running the show and the addition of Shoemaker as the OC? I think you're probably the more the the high the Hawaii guy. I'd have to say if, between us, but uh, you probably sit up late, later at night. I just I you know I watch the first two quarters and then I'll just see you know you hope for the best and CFF gods are good to you and then I wake up the next morning because I'm East Coast so I'm usually like it's like midnight for me. But you're on the East Coast too, so it doesn't matter. But what what are your thoughts on Timmy Chang? I love the the name going back to Hawaii. <laughs> I, they needed something like that, right? They were following. So apart. I, I just got uh, one of those. Hawaii home field mugs in the mail as a Father's Day present. Uh, nice. Today, I haven't opened it yet, but that's going to be morning coffee tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Nice. Uh, but what, what was I going to say? The So I, I don't really watch much college football during the day on Saturday, which is so I'll force myself to stay awake to catch night games. Like if I'm playing DFS, I pretty much play night slate exclusive just because I know gotcha. how, how miserable it makes me. No one wants to be around me when I'm when I'm that into college football. Yeah. So I, I gravitate more towards the West Coast games. Gravitate uh, toward more towards the Mountain West as a result. And Hawaii will always have a soft spot in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so happy to see Timmy Chang back where he belongs, making that offense what it should be. Like you, this is applicable to so many players. But dude, how fun would it have been if Calvin Turner, like he had one more year of eligibility, he could have ran it back. Yeah, one um, more time. That, that dude, that would have been amazing. Yes, uh, it would have been. I've already seen a good amount of draft picks get burned in some of our best balls trying to catch lightning on Hawaii quarterbacks. Like it's right. not going to be Cam on Cam and Cooper. Uh, I think that's pretty apparent just based on right. progression to date. But he, like he was taking in a lot of our our drafts that we were do- doing earlier on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it it. First of all, everyone's going really late in that for Hawaii players, understandably so. We have like almost no clarity. I'm uh I to answer the question most succinctly, yeah, I think that we should be excited. I think it's gonna be awesome and a lot of fun. I think that it's largely going to represent the Hawaii uh run and shoot offense how we wanted to. I, I would assume there are a little more uh in the way of wrinkles coming, just coming given that it's not like it's not just Timmy Chang. Uh, right. solo piloting it um i'm interested in in joe yellen going there yeah. like i've seen the hypothesis the hypothesis that it's gonna be schrager i don't know if i buy into that uh personally like i i Man. thought yellen showed potential when he was at arizona state and mm-hmm. it seems like it was weird circumstance i forget what it was like he was he didn't play in the bowl game last year at Pitt for like i don't know if he had COVID or something but yeah i forget I had the, the assumption that he would be the guy when uh, Pickett bowed out and decided not to play, but yeah. clearly that didn't happen. But I don't know. When Dan, J, Jane Daniels missed a game or two, Yellen was – like they came in the same draft class, right, and they were both four stars, I, I think. Yeah, and, it's pretty much they just double stacked and then Daniels got the start, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, Yellen's like he – like sometimes uh, like a freshman gets on the field and it's just a total disaster. Like that was not the case with Yellen. He held his own. Mm-hmm. And that always kind of resonated with me. And I mean, he, he unfortunately, he ha- he's not free, like in, in Dynasty, in the sense that, like, you can't totally name your price. He already went in our draft, I think. Uh, I was I was playing outside yeah. at some point. 
but I mean, he's still extremely affordable. He's not, you don't have to pay any real, uh, really uh, tangible price on him, but he's definitely someone that I've, I've got interest in leading up to season. Mm-hmm. Uh, their wide receivers are of course going to be, uh, they're going to, they're going to benefit a ton if uh, the offense clicks. But yeah. Um, as far as dynasty, it's like you have, I guess you have to take your shot on the wide receiver of choice that you think is going to, you know, off of what little, you know, stuff that we get, but redraft wise, man, the, the waiver wire is going to be hot, man, because of, you know, once one of these guys breaks out and Timmy Chang embodies Hawaii, like he's, he's the ideal fit. He's the alum. Right. Yep. So, and from what I hear from Shoemaker, I don't think he's going to change up very much of those variables whatsoever. I think he's going to kind of go in what Chang kind of is, ends up visiting, but, uh, and then, of course, they lost Eddie Hunter. He went to uh, to Liberty. So we're going to have to see a new emergence of running back. But once those guys actually start hitting, if you're not in Dynasty, if you're in redraft, that's where the waiver wire would, you know, what I would recommend is just keep an eye out. So as, as soon as one of those hits in week one or you see like two weeks of the same production and we're starting to get these these guys, snag them, man, and throw, throw, some, throw some fab on them for sure, man. <laughs> it's going to be a pretty lightning uh, lightning fast offense, man. I'm excited to Hawaii to return more to uh, form. Well, it's, it, what's interesting too is they play a week zero game as they do every year, right? So yeah. depending on your league structure, waivers might, might not count. run, it, or it might just be free agency while those games are going on. If your yeah. league doesn't start till week one, so there's opportunity to, I mean, yeah, you you can take a receiver at the back end of the draft. Uh, I think Zion Bones is the guy who's going off earliest in our drafts mm-hmm. right now. Uh, there's a guy who's name is really long and I can't pronounce it, who's who <laughs> yeah. bro- broke out all over the place in the spring game, who yeah. has got to be on radars as well. Um, but that it's an offense that can support at least two receivers, uh, just kind of variable based on how effective things go in year one. And uh, I think that when you're trying to think about how you want to allocate time resources early on in the season, like just carve out a few minutes to see what's good with Hawaii. Yep, definitely check it out. Hopefully we'll get a, a tad more nuggets of information. I know it's like, you know, searching for shark teeth and whatever, but it is what it is. We'll, uh, hopefully we can get some nuggets before the season starts so we can make a better decision. But great question for Mr. Farnsworth. Now JD comes in with some sweet sarcasm. And, so, <laughs> and he said, why is no one talking about Utah illegally cloning Zach Moss and Adam Jalen Glover? That was a sting probably towards Nate. Um, seems like a slippery slope allowing clones in CFP. Well, well said, JD. Uh, I don't think there's actually cloning going on in Utah. Uh, I don't know. It's in Utah, so that could be questionable. There are sectors of Utah that are a little different. Uh, but uh, Jalen Glover does not fit that Utah model, and I think that's what he's kind of getting at. What's your thoughts of uh, you know a smaller Jalen Glover coming to a uh, scheme like Tavian Thomas has come from, Zach Moss, uh, you know, the Booker, Devontae Booker that was there ahead of time. What's your thoughts on Glover coming as the, uh, the freshman to possibly – take over once Thomas heads to the NFL or, you know, graduates. Is that how you take it? I, I take that question as uh, saying, like looking at the proportions of Zach Moss and Glover uh-huh. and, and seeing kind of a, a carbon copy of the two. Yeah. But Maybe. Glover is five. He's five, seven to 11. Right. I forget what yeah. Moss is. Act, what I say, I say forget, but I actually never knew what, what Moss is hiding weight. Yeah. But I had Moss as a freshman. And I watched this dude get back to back to back goal line carries in one game. And the, mm-hmm. the third one, he just gets hit the line, falls down, and looks like he's never gonna get back up again. And I'm like, that's it, I'm out on this guy. Like I can't I can't <laughs> yeah. do I can't do this. Uh, yeah. and then he goes on to be like the most prolific back ever. Yeah. <laughs> he just learned the hard way at, at Utah. Yeah. I don't know, maybe Glover's Maybe because he looks more like a little smaller bowling ball, you know, so, you know, just smaller in statue, but he, yeah. he's got low pad level. I mean, he, he can go through the holes very quickly and stuff like that. Glover's got it. Um, I mean, there's a reason why Utah took him, but I don't know if he was, uh, you know, I was trying to get where uh, JD is actually like, why are they just copy and pasting Zach Moss? Or if they, if he really is taking a little jab at the height or something, maybe he'll uh, give us a little uh, recap after the, after the show, and maybe tell us, but. Uh, Utah's definitely got a, a great running back factory, and it's definitely gold for CFF. You can grab the guy that hits on him for sure. Yeah. Uh, do you see Glover kind of starting up after Thomas? Do you think you know he gets he just joins the crowded uh, backups behind no, him? I, I, I was down to I was down to try and grab Glover in our league, and yeah, you're uh, the uh, the mock draft that you guys did on mm-hmm. the pod sold me on him, and then I looked into it a little more, and I'm like, 
all right, I'm pretty sold. Just like, don't, don't, dude, don't, just don't mess with my Tavion Thomas. Uh, yeah, don't mess with my shares. Yeah, I need, I need, Thomas, year, I need Thomas to do his thing this year. Uh, yeah. But what was interesting, I think, so I, like, I'll, this is something for me to learn from. There, like, I forget who said it there, but there's, there's so little actual content on supplemental drafts in, in our space. So you latch right. onto what you can. And what mm-hmm. I latched onto was basically your, uh, pod, yeah. and then a mock that uh, Greg Debbie Warehouse ran, and in oh, both yeah, yeah. The, in both those Glover went a little later, but Greg's was C two C geared, and I think yours was as well. And CFF. I was like, oh, I can relate those pretty directly to CFF. No, yeah. uh, Josh or someone went and just took Glover like mid second round, and I was like, mother effer, like. Yeah. Uh, so I, like, I was, I thought, I, I, I thought I'd be able to get all cute and like take him in like the back half of the second round, but nope, no luck. Um, yeah, I traded away my second. I was, it was either you or it was to, to Justin. Either way, I was hoping for the drop to third and that just completely yeah. shattered my hopes and dreams. <laughs> I was like, fine, it's going to be like that then. All right. I've let the sniping begin. So I was like, let me go start lining up these freshmen, uh, running backs and my receivers and start getting at it. So, but, uh, Definitely yeah. Jalen Glover's the one to watch. And if you're in redraft, he's definitely one to take, you know, to look at. Uh, you might not have to take him earlier this year. You might wait and see if, you know, God forbid anything happens to Tavion. I hope it doesn't for your for your best ball shares. But, you know, in case he goes with injury, Glover is the pickup because the rest of the guys I think are just kind of guys, and that's no offense to them or anything like that. So great question by JD. Like I said, don't know if it was sarcasm or not, but still it was a good question nonetheless. And we're going to move into this one. And then this is from Still Want a Beer Bad, which I think was a great name to go on because, you know, sometimes you just got to have a beer. Uh, he also is really good when it comes to the Star Wars questions. I, I couldn't find the one that we were talking about. Maybe I thought he was talking about, uh, uh, yeah, I think he asked about Kenobi. So we'll, we'll, we'll ask, you yeah, know, we'll yeah. do that one at the end. But uh, this one he made in the Star Wars reference. And then I was just like, oh, man, this is going to be great. So he's drafting Terrence Gibbs in the late teen rounds of C2C startups. So this is, grabbing a guy and hoping that he makes it to the NFL more so than college production. So he's like, is this some admirable Akbar level situation awareness or is he Jar Jar Binks and wandering in the desert? And you're immediately like, I'm going to deflect this one straight to Brandon. So I was like, okay. Uh, but I like the reference in stores because it breaks it down a little bit. So uh, for those that have watched Star Wars, if you haven't, shame on you, go watch it, go watch the whole series. Um, but Admiral Akbar is known for saying it's a trap, you know, uh, and he's referring to Terrence Gibbs and what he was. So he was getting these mad, mad offers from like Alabama, Clemson, like the elite of running back hierarchy, right? Goes down, has a very, very gruesome injury. And, uh, you know, I might have downplayed it some last, you know, when I was on the pod, but I didn't know the extent of it until Jared brought it up. And then, you know, uh, Mitch said something about it. So I really dug into what the injury was. And it was really, it was like bad, like bone out of knee type situation and having to be repaired. So, the worry here is, is he ever going to be the elite level that he was? So he did still get some offers from G5. He chose Georgia Southern, uh, which I think is a great landing spot because he could essentially start this year, uh, which I like. Um, and from what I hear in camp and stuff like that, and the articles that's read in that area of Georgia is that he's a, ahead of schedule. He's doing good. Um, but they are starting to see, you know, where the uh, the elite cutting, the the quickness in there maybe not be a hundred percent of what it was. So, uh, you know, so he's wondering, is he going to be like Jar Jar Binks and wondering the desert and people are just kind of, eh, we'll see type situation. Or is it like, Hey, you need to back out on Terrence Gibbs. Uh, uh, I'll stay uh, from a C2C level. I, I mean, I think on late rounds, it's worth a shot. It's definitely with the flyer. If anything, I know in C2C, like near the end of their drafts, they'd like to shoot for CFF performer. So then at least they can win their college side. And still, you know, win whatever pot or money they have or whatever trophy that they get or whatever. But so it's good for that. Um, but if you're looking for someone that could go into league, I don't I'm not sure. There's a lot of injuries and uh, you know, there's, <laughs> there's been plenty of uh, backs in the in the past that's gone to the NFL. And then the uh, like a JGI is one I think of where he had a ton of injuries, finally gets to league and just kind of breaks down and just isn't the same guy anymore. Gives gives me that kind of not that kind of a like doubt, but I just won't. I probably won't have Terrence Gibbs in NFL fantasy, if that makes sense. Like, I'd rather just play him at the level at CFF, enjoy my three years with him, and then say au revoir and best of luck in you know future endeavors and stuff like that. Since I laid it out for you like that, Andrew, what's your what's your thoughts on Gibbs, the situation at Georgia Southern, 
What do you think? I have so many. I have so many questions. Uh, so sure. my first was, how did you find that much information on what's going on in Georgia Southern? Uh, uh, it's Mitch. He digs very deep, um, and he and he, he you know he tells me about things that he reads in the articles online. <laughs> I don't subscribe to any of these things because I don't like paying subscription to actual like you know yeah. main ones. I'd rather just read the articles from directly or the website or you know someone that just happens to find the the tweet or the quote and put it on twitter or stuff like that i kind of try to keep it there because i'm already paying for memberships and things like that elsewhere so i don't i don't need that right so but uh you know guys like mitch and others that are close to that area have come around and and you know said hey he's doing actually really good ahead of schedule you know looking like he's definitely competing for the first one so that's where i've gotten the information so far totally I, I I just grabbed them in our uh, CFF uh, supplemental and I dude I, I didn't even I didn't even know he, that he ripped his knee to shreds. Um, uh, I, I just I saw I just I saw, trying stars, to beat me I to saw the punch. ranking. And, uh, <laughs> a, a lot of times I feel like you see got ESPN 300 recruits like they sign with the uh, G5 uh, with the G5 school and we think mm-hmm. like I, I interpreted initially without knowing the, the about the the leg injury that mm-hmm. that was potentially the Admiral Akbar reference it's like oh this looks so good this th- ESPN 300 recruit going right. to a G5 like is it a trap perhaps yeah uh, because like who's that dude uh, the dude who committed with the the balloon in outer space uh, <laughs> uh, he went to A&M and UCF and Maryland and like it never it just never oh, i forget the name yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, his name it's not it's something richardson or something along those lines right yeah uh, yeah yeah, was yeah. It Tr- but, no it wasn't Trent Richard. no no, no he was no. alabama no but that is like all right maybe that's the situation that obviously that's a trap <laughs> this dude was like a, a four-star running back recruit yeah. in a g in a g5 uh, pond and it just never really happened uh but I mean, where I got him in our CFF supplemental obviously doesn't really answer our boy's uh, question here, but mm-hmm. um, I, f- I felt good about it. Like I think I took him in like fifth, fifth round or something like that, um, which I mean, it felt fine. Uh, but I mean, there's knowing that we've got the whole uh, leg injury uh, going on there. Like, there's definitely it's definitely not uh, a straight and narrow path to to a succeeding. I think in CFF and then continuing on to the league, it feels like he has to navigate a bunch of different obstacles and hurdles. Uh, I having never played in a C2C, but mm-hmm. consuming so much content through uh, what's out there about it on Twitter, mm-hmm. on uh, this on this, the C2C site, right? I feel like I, uh, I have a, a decent understanding of value and late teens does it feels a little steep to me personally. Yeah, I would say uh, if he's doing you know, late teen rounds and startups, I, I think he could have waited until like because they do like forty five rounds in like a CTC yeah. startup, kind of like what you guys do with forty five with a very very deep CFF roster, right? Uh, you, you know, if it's when you put an NFL you know level or trying to get him into NFL fantasy too after CFF, that's where like his his stock just kind of plummets because I don't see him or his knee holding up in the NFL, you know after even after three years at Georgia Southern, if he is going to get ran into the ground, like I just don't see any, any wheels on the tire. you know what I'm saying? Any like yeah. tread on the tires left, you know what I mean? Like there's a reason yeah. why, uh, you know, we're talking to one Zach Evans, but the other one at Ole Miss, he, he wants to share the back wheel with Bentley because he doesn't want his, you know, tread on the tires. He wants to be fresh because he thinks he's going to destroy it in the NFL and he's got the tangibles to do it. Right. So uh, if we're looking at that lens, that aspect, then I would say a little bit steep there. Uh, but like I said, if you're doing it just because you want a CFF performer, you still got a great shot. Um, but just to clarify, this is not a like a D'Anthony Gatson who had P5 Arfords but chose to go to L.A. Tech or go to Law Tech to be, you know, the guy and be able to have a bunch of tape and be able to kind of be standing out because you're the best recruit by far that's gone in there. And you should be playing in like Tennessee or you know, back in Georgia or, you know, in an SEC, you know, type situation. So that's where the difference is there. Gibbs was going to be that hurt his knee. He's from saying like 85, 90% now, you know, compared to what he was, but he's in a good circumstance. So take that for what you will. Uh, I just think in the teen rounds, maybe a little steep, you probably could have got him, you know, around 20 to 25. And I still, you still could probably done it, but it all depends on your league mate. So maybe you had to because other guys were on top of them. So 
Still, great question. I thought that was a really good one. He did follow this up, and I couldn't find it, but he said, what was your thoughts on Obi-Wan Kenobi being an hour and a half for the season finale now? To preface it, me and uh, me and Andrew have not seen the finale yet. We're going to eventually, but what's your thoughts on the longevity or the long the length of Obi-Wan? I could watch it for hours, so I don't care, but I, what's your I have I have lots of uh, thoughts about the direction that Star Wars content is generally taking. Right. I, I feel like they when they make these shows, they're still struggling to come up with the formula that makes the entire show, the, all the episodes enjoyable. Like yeah. they they're trying different things with these beginning episodes, and none of it is working. Like the first few Obi Wan episodes sucked. The first uh, couple few episodes in Mando and. Uh, what's the uh, the other one uh book of boba fett like yep. same kind of same kind of thing like that i think the personally the answer that i think would work for me is instead of trying to stretch this one story out do a little bit of what happened what they did in book of boba fett where they went later on and they did it where they went off on tangents and made other characters that we care about the stars yeah. of that if you give us different tangents in some of those earlier episodes instead of focusing on boring uh, I can't even call it rising action because nothing's really happening. Right. Um, boring, uh, just boring initial plot development. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that it'll make the show those earlier episodes more enjoyable. That like that's the thing that for me like has made has made the show somewhat of a let let down. That yeah. these first few episodes, like yeah, it's cool, it's awesome that we're getting new content in these new shows, but the first few episodes suck. Yeah, I I do like the callback. Uh, I love the you know the the preview before the actual show started and you know just the callback to that one as well and you know back then they got criticized for you know, but the early episodes the ones that came after the original star wars ones after a while now they're considered classics and it's cool to look at you know a guy like liam neeson who was there you know from the get-go and he got so much slack and now he's you know very highly praised and you got to see the uh you know the anakin skywalker story arc and yes that back then cool, he, yeah. yeah you know like i get it like you know, Anakin back then was whiny, and and poor Hayden Christensen got so much slack for trying to make Anakin pretty much like a crybaby. But like, you know, back comparing now to then and how he became Vader, it's just so cool to see that kind of wrapped up and kind of get it to the point to where, you know, near the end, uh, from what I hear, they do a little Luke Skywalker action. We'll see. You know, I haven't seen it yet, but from what I hear, they tie it all in and, and start it to where the episodes would kind of start from there. So it's just cool to see that space where we're like, what happened with Obi-Wan? You know what I'm saying? That's that's probably yeah. where I come at, just more of it there. But yeah, um, both Star Wars and, you know, we can bring up Marvel for a second, but like, they, it's just slow going at the front. It's just newer characters building the story. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be action, action, action. It doesn't have to be suspense and stuff like that all the time. Just give me a character I can invest in and don't throw me all over the place. Just just straight shoot it to me. You know, that's, that's kind of what we want, but uh get one more good question here and this is from our friend brandon champion who actually you know does some journalism there for michigan state uh but he is a cff guy he's been doing it for i think two or three years we had a cool discussion in the dms and talking about a few guys and stuff like that but he wants to know tell him why trevante citizen is the truth andrew do you want to start off with mr citizen have you got to look at him or his tape and why he chose why he chose no but i i feel very fortunate that I didn't uh, go with the way I, I was feeling inclined initially and invest in Jalen Knight uh, right. in some of our early best ball drafts because mm-hmm. like he closed this the second half of the year pretty strong after he started to get a full workload full workload. There were some duds for sure looking back at kind of his his, uh, his game logs, but I I I just thought let's put a few of these easy to let's craft the story here. Josh Gaddis is coming in. He's really the uh, one most proven guy. Yeah. They have Henry Parrish as well, but I don't know if I was kind of thought he's kind of just whatever. And citizens right. a freshman, so wheels up for night. but the more that seems to be uh, the more you hear, the more that it feels like this is most likely to play out. Like, I don't know. It could be a headache. For year from for year one uh, of Josh Gaddis being in town, and I don't know if necessarily that backfield is one that I'm going to want to target in in redraft in best ball. Uh, but and yeah. from what the things you you hear about just citizen in terms of his talent and stuff, he like he's a, he can make that more annoying than anything else from a fancy perspective this year, right? If he gets a representative yeah. portion of carries, um, 
what what are i mean what are are you in on him as a recruit um so he was a, a like a last minute switch like he yeah. i think where he was attracted but cristobal came at him very hard uh i don't know if it's nil it was playing time this is before nil it was the wild west but no one was talking about contracts before like nico and all those guys here recently that are getting it um but before that it was just one of those things where cristobal just sold uh, citizen on you know whatever he sold him on and this is one of Cristobal's guy like he sought after him literally is like we talked about with uh with Ruben as far as like you know there's going to be that coach that's just like hey you're my guy this is why I fit you fit my system uh I don't know if you've seen citizen in his high school but that's a grown man playing with boys uh <laughs> he, he just trucks you I don't know if you've seen his arms but it's no. like most people's heads like he's a ridiculous <laughs> he's a monster of a man he's a beast like how he's playing you know ACC kind of scares me versus how he should probably play in the sec like he could right. he, he could, he could truck the, some linemen he's the branson of uh the acc yeah I, i'll say that yeah trevante citizen is probably the branson robinson of the acc or, or perhaps he cuts better than an 18 wheeler though like which it seems <laughs> he to be is. that's the problem. thing like citizen's got some he's got a little bit of receiving in him as well yeah. and he's also he's like one of those great one cuts and then just you know he's not like speedy but like if he does it if you get in his way he's just gonna mow you down you know what I'm saying? So it's like he, he gets up to speed, he becomes this wrecking ball, and then he just hits you because he's massive of a man. So it's like the kid's an absolute monster. I don't I don't blame him because I don't I don't know if Knight can hold him off the whole year. Like I think he yeah. you know Knight's got it the first half, but what happens after a bye? You know, like does Chris Ball, you know, if Knight's not producing, I don't know what to expect. I'm kind of worried about Tyler Van Dyke in this offense and stuff like that. Uh they have really no receivers that I care to even mention, basically, I'll be honest. So and we're hoping for a transfer out of these summer camps and maybe one of them goes over, but it's still going to take half a year to get used to the playbook. Right. So if they're going to go to the run game, it can't be all night and right. And I really just don't trust the rest of those guys when citizen has the talent and has the pedigree and was sought after so highly, um, whether that's NIL or just because he's Cristobal's guy, you know? So that's, uh, that's why I think he's the truth. That's why I think Brandon's kind of onto something. Uh, he, he's a good, you know, he's a good player. Um, and he, and I just think he's he's got the tangibles to at least not be a uh, you know what uh, Austin at our website calls it like a what is it the freshman zero or zero production or whatever <laughs> yeah. like he's he's not going to be one of those guys I think he's uh, he's going to feed into it I'm not expecting him to have night numbers but that's where uh, for fantasy purpose this year it might be a scrap or it might be a better DFS play to maybe play like a citizen versus you know, playing like a season long type situation. So, but if you're in dynasty, uh, this is why he's gone in the first two rounds, probably the, the ones that I've seen very easily. I think he was in the first, I want to say uh, our boy, Josh got him. So Josh is getting all these good people, man. So, <laughs> so it's, it's good stuff. So that's where I think uh citizen could be, could do some damage for sure. All right. Let's stop the sharing there. All right. So that was the mailbag portion there. Again, I want to thank Andrew for coming on, man. Uh, great episode as far as the mailbag is concerned. Uh, we're going to get ready to move into the interview with Mr. Zach Evans there of uh, Minnesota, the new freshman running back there and with that interview. But, Andrew, before we go, do you have anything that you want to plug, anything that you want to bring up, anything like that, or any last statements before we move on? Good, sir. Dude, we're at like 65 days or something like that until CFB. I saw yeah. I saw such a good tweet today. Someone someone tweeted out at one, like the on three national writer was like, "We're 60 days out from college football and on like NBA draft day, and college football just dominated the news cycle because of Arch or whatever." It's like it's it's only gonna get it's only gonna get better. It's only gonna get more exciting. It's only gonna get harder to sleep uh, as we get closer and closer. And I, I'm I'm stoked for it. I'm gonna. I'm excited to keep keep drafting every chance I can, uh, do as many best balls as I can, mm -hmm. kickstart, kick up a lot of the, the redraft keeper dynasty leagues that I'm doing, and uh, you can continue to find me being somewhat active uh, on Twitter. Always tweet at me if you want to talk CFB, though, and then you can uh, find me uh, on Burning the Red Shirt podcast. Yep. And uh, one set, I know you guys kind of fluctuate, but it's always weekly. But is there are certain days that you guys are trying to land on or try we, to nail down? We usually do try and do something like Monday or Tuesday. But I mean, yeah. at, trying to align three people's schedules, it, I mean, it's just trying. It's rough. It, yeah. It's, 
But anyway, people should go check it out. So uh, I think they're at BTR Pod on Twitter. So go check them out. They have all their links to the Discord. You can come join me and Andrew, talk some of that. Maybe join us for some redraft this year. That'd be pretty fun. Uh, but once again, we want to thank Andrew for coming on the show. Thanks for uh, for stopping by, man. Dude, thank you for having me. This was awesome. Absolutely, man. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the interview segment for the Future Freshman Podcast for this week. I am joined by freshman running back, Mr. Zach Evans of Minnesota University. How are we doing today, Zach? Doing great, doing great, doing elite action. Nice, man. It's a it's a pleasure to have you on, and I appreciate you taking the time out to to talk to us today, man. Uh, yes, absolutely, man. So just go along with some stats, man. That looked up like over three thousand nine hundred yards of uh, rushing, four forty seven touchdowns. Senior year absolutely smashed it, man. Twenty six touchdowns and two with the receiving, man. So you got busy for sure as well. Uh, I know you come from Rockwell uh, Heath there in Heath, Texas. So I believe that's what, uh, 30 minutes east of Dallas or so? Yeah, about 30, 30 minutes east of okay. Dallas. And you, and you played at a high level. Uh, the 6A, from what I understand, and the Texas level there in 10A is a, is a big deal. Um, oh, and, sure. and you did get first extra uh, honor. So congrats for that, man. That's really awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to know about a specific game, man. There's this one against your rivals, and you probably remember it. It's two overtime, 79-71. You went off for 270 yards and five touchdowns, man. Tell me about that game. How crazy was that against your rivals, and how bad did you guys, you know, want to get that done? I mean, it was probably the wildest game I've got to play in so far as a football player. I think that it was one of those games that we knew as a school that we wanted to win. We, had gotten, we hadn't gotten the win in three years. And, I mean, Rockwall, they've always been a powerhouse school in the state, so finally be able to compete on their level and get the win out of them. It was great. Man. It was very, very emotional game too. Yeah. It had to be gratifying. And it had to be pretty cool to have a, uh, you know, five touchdowns on tape, man. I'm sure that looks good, man. <laughs> you absolutely balled out when it matters the most. And that's, you know, being clutch is what matters, you know, in this team as well. You also did some, uh, some track and field from what I hear. Uh, what's your favorite event to compete in, in the track and field? Probably long jump. I think that uh, okay. I mean I love running, but the long jump is something that I, I really just enjoyed to be doing. It was it was fun to be able to compete against others every week. I got you. Um, did you do any uh the I didn't get the chance to see, but did you do any of the uh, hundred meters or two hundred meters or anything yeah, like that I as well? Yeah, uh, open one and open two hundred meter, and then the four by one and the four by two. So okay. I was on the track quite a bit. I got you. Did they ever clock you on how fast you ran miles per hour? Did they ever give you that? Uh, no, I never got that, that that stat, but I didn't get to do my, my junior or senior year. Dude. Uh, I had an injury my junior year. And my senior uh, what if I could tell you that, uh, you know, over at Campus to Canton that we actually do clock it? Would you like to hear your miles per hour from real, yes. it's open field? So it's going to the second level, but you know, when you're wide open, yeah. you're going 19.8 miles per hour, man. So yeah, you're, you were booking. That's <laughs> yeah, that is no joke, man. Uh, so you're doing a great job, man. It sounds like you, you know, you played it. Is there other sports that you played as well, like a basketball, baseball, anything like that? Not growing up? And growing okay. up, I played baseball and soccer. Start, soccer, I played uh, in, from age four to like sixteen. Okay. And so that was I got you, man. Um, so what stood out about Minnesota overall? I know you had plenty of great offers: Notre Dame, Iowa, Texas, Nevada, Houston. There's a few, uh, you know. Uh, Kansas is in there as well. What what was it about Minnesota that just spoke to you about like, hey, this town, this feels like home to me. Like, what 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 was it about Minnesota and the Golden Gophers for you? Definitely the culture and the coaching staff here is amazing. Like the culture that they bring is a, it's a family and it's a brotherhood. So it's a life program. It's a program where I mean, you're coming here for football, but you're going to be set up for life and you're going to meet people that you're going to you're going to want to keep in your life after football. So it was just the culture and the coaches are really good, and you're always going to be coached by the best coaches in the country. So I mean. Just the opportunity was amazing. Gotcha. So you are an early enrollee, so you were there to be at the spring as well. Uh, when did you start making those plans, and did you get any advice from, like, maybe your high school coach, or was it someone at Minnesota that just kind of spoke to you and said, hey, spring is the way to go? What, what was that process like for you? So really it was early in my recruitment, like my freshman year. I, I had a – well, our school has a couple, of like, other uh, D1 athletes, at, like Tanner McAllister. Deshaun Elliott went to our school too, so, I mean – Everybody like that, they all went early. So I mean it was it was interesting to just get get a nose for it just to just see how it was. Uh, I got mm-hmm. to talk to them about it and they told me that it was they're they're glad that they did it because it, it kind of puts them a step ahead of everybody else in the class and gets them early in the playbook ready for that fall season. So I think that that was that was a, that was really the main thing for me. But then once Minnesota once I came to Minnesota and they offered offered me the uh, chance to be able to come early, I I know I had to take it. I don't blame you, man. I, I kind of agree. I think getting a leg up, having the playbook in, in hand, being able to get into the, uh, you know, the 
the weight training and the program and stuff like that and your nutrition and getting that head of it's a big deal uh so what was like uh first semester and stuff like that at, at, on first campus semester? it was it was it was great I, actually i loved it it was a lot of snow Lots yeah of i was gonna snow. ask you how it is compared to texas that's a big yeah. difference man oh yes it's very different i mean texas you're you're, you're sitting during our spring, you're, you're getting days where it's 75, 85 degrees up here. It's negative 17. Hottest yeah. day you might get is like 35 degrees. I mean, it's definitely a change, but it, I loved it up here. My first semester was really fun. Got to uh, gel with a lot of my new teammates and just meet everybody and finally get a feel for how college is. And classes were easy, small classes. It was, it was it was fun. Do you get to spend a lot of time with your uh, running back mates and stuff like that? So like mm -hmm. Mo Ibrahim and those guys, have you been yes, able sir. to spend a lot of time with them? Yes, sir. I mean, uh, uh, I see Mo and Trey, Mo Trey, uh, Bryce Williams. When, but while Bucky was here, I mean, I'm, I mean, we were around them all the time. I mean, we're we're close knit group. We're always gonna have each other's back no matter what. It's a brotherhood, especially in that room. It's like it's a tight knit group no matter what. Yeah, man, family is everything, and you can get family anywhere. So I definitely agree there. How is Mo doing? Is he uh, how's his uh, comeback coming along? I mean, I, mean, I, I definitely think that he'll he'll surprise a lot of people in the fall about how he's come back. I think he came back stronger and faster than he this time. Footwork's amazing. I mean, just, I mean, he's just a very smart football player, and being able to learn from him has definitely bettered my game a lot. Yeah, he has a lot of experience there, and him coming back for an extra season—that's that's very special. So, yeah. uh, if you guys get to uh, work in tandem there for sure, in the, the one-two punch, I like to call it. That'd be pretty awesome. Uh, so, another thing is, uh, you know, how's did you get number twenty-six? Was that your high school number, or yeah, did you just school. get rewarded that? Yeah, I did my high school number, and then I was able to uh, get it here, and that was. That was one of the things that I really wanted coming here to be able to wear 26 because it's a number I wore in high school and I want to be able to wear my whole career. I got you. Did you have to go through any uh, seniors and ask or anything like that? Is there a process there? I know it's different universities. This seniority comes first, but was it just available and you were able to snag it? Was kinda, it was kind of available. Nobody in the offense had it the season before I got here, so it was it was just available for this season. And coming in, I kind of made it a focal point. Coach Fleck that I just wanted I, I want to wear 26, and he was like, I mean, we'll save it for you. Oh, so when dude. we got up here during the spring, it was just it was just my number, and everybody knew it, so it was good. That's perfect, man. That's good. Uh, that is awesome. Yeah. Um. So, what do you feel like is your main strength being a running back in the time that you played in high school, moving into Minnesota? What do you think is your like uh you know calling card, and why Minnesota chose you? What, what's your think, what's your thing? I think I think here as a team, we're a blue collar football team. Like we're not going to get the five stars or four stars. We want kids that work hard. So I think me being a hard worker, and then on the field, just my vision and my presence, I'm always going to. You're always gonna feel me no matter what. Like if I'm if I'm if I'm, done, if I'm on special teams, I'm gonna make myself known. If I'm a running back receiver, it doesn't matter. I'm always gonna try to be a highlight on the field. So I think that's something that brought that brought me here. Absolutely, man. That's really cool. So what's something that you think you can improve on here coming into your freshman year, coming up from high school to different level of play? Uh, what do, what are you focusing on? I really just my body and my nutrition. Just trying to start eating right, shape my body to be a big ten running back, things like that. Just because I mean, it's it's a it's a workload definitely here at Minnesota. We run the ball, so I mean, uh, I mean, at that point, I mean, I just have to get my body ready and get my nutrition right to be able to handle the, the load I'm going to take. So, what's been your favorite uh, lift so far? What they have you doing? What's one of your favorite exercises that you enjoy? Enjoy? Uh, definitely, I enjoy hand cleaning a lot. A lot. Yeah. It's just really good on being able to. It works really all areas of your body. So, I mean, that's that's really my favorite right now. Being able to hand clean is real fun. Are you a leg day guy because you're running back? Are you before upper body like myself? It depends on the week. Some weeks I'm I got you. running a lot, and I'm not going to want to do legs. But if it's yeah. light on a lot on the run, I'm going to want to kill my legs. So it just depends. At least you're honest with it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so is there a um, what, is there a certain player that you looked up to, or someone that you model your game after when you were coming into high school, or do you just take pieces from other players? What, what's someone that you uh, looked at, looked at? I think that. Uh, I really, there wasn't necessarily like one player, but I think there's a lot of players that I try to shape my game after. I think that Alvin Kamara and the way that he's are so versatile off the backfield is great. But then you look at uh, running backs like Dalvin Cook, who can just change the game, walk one cut, things like that. And then once I got here, Mo has really been a, a big inspiration for me, just how his, his field presence and then his vision and everything like that. He really became the running back I look up to now and kind of shape my game after. As you should, man. Mo's a, Mo's a dog, man. He he goes after it hard, man. Just uh, from the national scale, watching him here in North Carolina, I know that he's uh he's got it in him. So I think you'll be just fine going going and hanging out with Mo for sure, man. Uh, so is there a certain uh song or anything like that that you listen to? Any artists that you dig before you get hyped for a game or anything like, like that? I like Future. Future. He he, he likes okay. he turns me up, man. He gets me ready for any game. 
doesn't matter who I'm playing. If I turn them on, I'm ready. Okay, gotcha. Is there any like special like um, um, repetition that you do, or a uh, you know something that you have like you have to do every single time before a game, or you just kind of switch yeah. it up? Kind of just go to the end zone and take a second. I pray. I pray every there time. You go. Just talk to God. Let him come put my put my myself with him and just try to say let's go attack this day through him and me. So I think that every game and every practice, just I mean. I felt like times where if I have forgot it, I have an off day or I'm not feeling myself, things like that. But when I do, it's just I'm locked in and I'm ready to go. That's awesome, man. That is really, really awesome. Um, so other than uh, football, is there any hobbies that, that you're into or anything that you like to do on your time off? I know you don't get a lot, but, you know, what do you like to do when you're not playing yeah. football? Uh, yeah, golf and video games. Those are my two things. Okay. Yeah, I like golfing and video games are just something that's just chill, sit back and play the game for a little bit, relax a little bit. What kind of video games do you usually play for the most part? A lot of sports games. I like Mortal Kombat. Um, I love Call of Duty. Things like that. First person shooters are all fun to play to me. When the new NCAA comes out, are you gonna play? You gonna play yourself? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> As you definitely should, man. Music got to. Yeah, for real. Uh, how about golf, man? Like, what do you what do you shoot usually? What 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 is your favorite part of it? Uh, I really like I like driving. I mean, I'm just getting out on a tee and just hitting it as far as I can. I mean, I, I went to the course probably couple weeks ago just set up and just played a couple games played a couple rounds with my couple teammates up here i mean there's a good couple good courses up here yeah. so I mean, we just all just sit up i mean really we try to keep score but i mean we're all competitive so we're just playing with you can really who, who is going to make it first who can who can get through each hole and who's going to give up yeah play. sometimes it's just fun to throw out the actual like scoring system just see yeah. who can get into the hole first man yeah. my favorite was probably putting i, I like the uh, process of just focusing and trying to do I'm not a math guy at all, but sometimes involving geometry is kind of fun. So, you know, yeah. that was pretty cool as well. Um, so you're at Minnesota, what, uh, you know, Minnesota's known for really great degrees and things like that. What, what are you majoring in? What do you want to focus on? Well, right now I'm majoring in supply chain management through the business school that we have here across the business school is one of the top 10 in the nation. So, I mean, that's half the reason why I'm here is just uh, the school being able to get the opportunity on the field and then off the field to get a great, de- great degree from here. Is, it's been amazing. Yep, it definitely sets you up for the future, man. So I do not blame you at all. Um, and then is there any special talents that you hide from us there, Zach? Is there anything that you have done in the past or just something that no one, a lot of people knows about about yeah. you? I think soccer, really. I mean, soccer, I think that if I wasn't yeah. playing football, I'd be an amazing soccer player. I think right there, I think. I mean, football really just took first, but if soccer would have taken first, I might have been a soccer player. So right now, I think soccer is kind of my hidden talent. That's really cool. Soccer, man, it's a lot of endurance, a lot of running around, a lot of coordination. So that probably helps you out, um, especially with the receiving game and, you know, things like that in particular. So soccer can benefit, you know, football just as much. And it's football in the other country. So, you know, it all pairs as well as well, man. Um, So is there uh, anything you'd like to plug or anywhere that people can find you, whether that's on social media or anything like that, so people can reach out just in case? I mean, yeah, all my my social media is through Twitter, TikTok, uh, Instagram, they're all real Zach Evans, I mean. That's what I'm known for. I'm the real Zach Evans. I know. There's yeah. another one back named Zach Evans, but I'm not like I'm the real. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I was <laughs> like, uh, I like that you're the real Zach Evans. Um, yeah. You know, and, you know, it'd be fun to see the compare between you and the for other sure. Zach Evans there at uh, a certain old Miss. Um, but, Zach, I want to thank you for coming on and joining us on the Future Freshman Podcast. And uh, I, we really do appreciate your time, man. Yes, sir. Thank you.